Do you want to relax? Are you having trouble sleeping or focusing? CBD reduces anxiety, chronic pain, seizures, PTSD, depression. Try our CBD gummies or chocolates. You will be very satisfied. Visit cbdcollections.net 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 Hello everyone. Welcome to another conversation. As always, we bring Jamaicans from all over the world doing exciting, positive things. And we tonight, we have Judith Fallon Reed. She's a published author, screenwriter, filmmaker, and speaker. Judith is a writer and director of executive produce of the award-winning gospel movie, She's uniquely qualified to share her experiences, miracles, and lessons with others who need to hear her message of hope, love, and power. As always, my co-host, Chris Daly, is going to do the interview, so take it away, Chris. Thank you, Denise, and welcome, 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 Judith. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I've been looking forward to this dialogue with you, and you, you, thus seeing your book and the like has given me say, wow, we, we're doing this kind of great work. And so, folks, you get to hear a lot from this later this evening. But let's get to know you a little first before we get to your, your enormous talent pool. <laughs> so tell us a little about your Jamaican roots. Well, my Jamaican roots go all the way down to my navel string, cut and bury on that tree somewhere in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Kingston, raised in Mandeville and Montego Bay, went back to Kingston as a, you know, for college, uh, left Kingston, moved my family then to Otoria. So I am a Jamaican of all kinds. I am deeply rooted, didn't come to America until I was in my 30s. So all my, you know, most of my working years, everything was in Jamaica. And even I've lived in America for 20, about 25, 26 years, but I'm in Jamaica three, four times a year because I never really left. So my roots are pretty deep. <laughs> That's really deep. So talented Jamaican like yourself, um, as we say, your, your repertoire of talent is broad and deep. When did you discover that you get these special you know, talents that they became evident? I think I have to say that I first stepped on stage at age four. I was, oh. an, <laughs> yeah, I was an angel in um, the Christmas play. You know, the angel <laughs> that brings the good, the good, the good news, the tidings yes. of great joy. And uh, I started writing. I would have to say at that age, you know, the the sun is bright, it gives off light, it shines by day and not by night. That was my first poem, believe it or not. And um, I still remember it. I must have been three or four and I still remember it. But I've always had passion anything at all that has to do with the arts. And I, I found out at a very early age that I was gifted in many different areas of art 
Um, I used to sing, I danced, I used to teach dance at one point, I did drama, I did sculpting at one point. I wasn't necessarily great at it, <laughs> but I did do it. Um, I dabbled in a little bit of painting and I just found that anything at all that had to do with creativity was something that I was passionate about uh, since yeah. I was a little girl. So the, were there family members in particular that actually saw this gift, these gifts and actually helped nurture and give them substance? I have to say that I am actually, I have one sister who also sang, but I'm the one who ended up following the gifts. And I have to say that my family has always been very, very, very supportive. And my dad, God rest his soul, never missed a performance of anything that I ever did over my entire life until I left for college. And so I would have to say that my dad really supported me and gave me really, really put wind under my wings because it didn't matter if I was speaking, if I was singing, he was always there and I could count on him being right there. I could see his face every single time. So I'd have to say, daddy. Amen, that's great. <laughs> So, you know, beyond the family, um, there's the formal schooling and the like. What was that journey like for you in, in refining and honing these talents? Uh, I had several teachers, uh, several, several teachers. Uh, my, my drama teacher, Lyle Armstrong, who turned out to be a very good friend of mine, really, really helped me along. Uh, even from primary school into prep school, my teachers I have to say half of them, of course, I can't remember anymore because I have snow on the mountain, but um, <laughs> but they really did help and honed my skills. And then I also had peers who really did also work with me. Um, I wasn't fortunate to get formal education in dance, but I had a very close friend, Sidani Witter, who was fortunate enough to have the formal education in dance. So my natural talent with what she taught me became who I became. And um, I did quite a number of workshops, you know, writing workshops along the way, stuff like that. But I just really learned a lot from just friends and other, and just reading, a lot of reading, because reading is so mm -hmm. fundamental. You can't write unless you read. I'm an avid reader. And I used to read anything and everything that came across my path. If it was words on a paper, I would read it. <laughs> so... I'd have to say that a lot of reading um, and just a lot of just a lot of people who poured into me. Honestly, a lot of people poured into me. Amen. I'm pretty sure there's some young person watching this conversation and wondering, is there, apart from what we've shared so far, any other wisdom you would share with them to help them hone and develop their skill sets? Definitely. I would say follow your passion. And one of the things that I do as a speaker is I go back to my alma mater, Mount Alvernia High School in Montego Bay, and I speak um, often to the kids, different age groups, usually the upper levels. And I tell them, follow your passion. It may not be your parents' passion. It may not be your pastor's passion, but follow your passion because there's nothing greater than when you have passion for something. And if it's something creative, you can only create when you follow that passion. And you, you're gonna find life really miserable if you put your passion aside to do other things 
that you're not passionate about. So even if you have to do other things to survive, always follow your passion. You're given, your passion is where your talents are. And when we start not doing that, then we start trying to pick up somebody else's talents and we're not good at it because we're not passionate about it. Exactly. Thank you for that, Judith. Well, when we look at your work, it's very focused. It has a laser focus and family-friendly material. What drew you to this genre? Um, one, I'm a Christian, um, a liberal Christian, but a Christian. And uh, as a Christian, I found that it was just difficult to even watch TV sometimes. You know, I'm not a prude by any long shot, but, but I believe appropriate things for appropriate audiences at appropriate times. And you'd be watching TV at seven o'clock in the evening with your children when my children were younger. And I'm like, no, you know, like this is just, this is not appropriate. Put this on at 10 o'clock in the night, not in the middle of the evening. And so I always just thought whatever I'm doing, I should be able, my kids should be able to watch it with me. I, sh I work, I've always worked a lot with kids, especially teenagers. And teenagers are searching. They're really searching. So you have to give them something wholesome to find. And if I figure if I don't do it, I have to be part of the solution. I can't just bitch and moan about it. I have to be part of the solution. Amen. And so that's what I did. That's really what led me down that road, is knowing that if, if you want something and it's not there, you have to be part of that solution and create it. Okay. If I'm very generous, I say the Jamaican culture, as far as expression of its culture in a lot of places, is not very family friendly. Not a lot of it. Yeah. How do you compete for the hearts and minds of young people in um, personal well, minds in this space? Well, so the films that we've done, we've done, my husband and I, we're both filmmakers, and we have worked with Jamaica Youth for Christ and also Church on the Rock in Ocherios to create four, four family-friendly uh, gospel-based films. But what I made sure as a writer, as the writer and director of the films, I made sure that I did not write preachy films. You know, these are films that anybody can watch. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. They are universal messages. The, the themes are universal. And so, you know, it, didn't ma it really doesn't matter who you are. You can watch these films and the message, you, you'll either get the message, it'll sink in. We've gone out on the road and taken our films all over Jamaica into some little spots that me must tell you, me that afraid to go. But, um, <laughs> but God is with me. Um, and just watch people some hardened people too watch those films and stand there and watch them till they're done. Because although we were bringing a message of hope and a message of God and a message of salvation sometimes or love and peace, it was brought in a, in a way that they could understand. And also we specialize in Jamaican films. Filmed in Jamaica, Jamaican cast, Jamaican language, Jamaica. So reaching my own people in a language we understand. Wonderful. Well, I, I'm pretty sure lots of people hearing this are going to be very excited to hear this. How, how is your work syndicated that they can, you know, take advantage of some of this content? Some of our work is on Amazon, on, you know, on there. 
But our website, barryvision.com, has all our films, um, and they're like $2.99 to watch. Because at the end of the day, our films are not about making money. They're about changing lives. And uh, as long as they change lives, that's all that really matters to us. You know, they were given to us by God, and therefore, for everybody. So they can check our website, Barry Vision, that's B-A-R-I, vision.com. Or just look up my name, Judith Fallon Reed. It will always lead you there. <laughs> it okay, will always lead you back to the work <laughs> and where you can see our films. All right. Well, now you're on to a big work here that I see. The Silent Stone, it's first a book. That and now you're giving it fresh legs. You're going to repurpose this into a movie. What gave you the motivation to do this? Well, my husband, Michael Brown, has been on my back to turn the Silent Stones into a movie from before it was even printed as a book. Um, mm -hmm. I joined him in the film production, so he was in it before me. And I joined him and together we made like the perfect team because he, he shoots, he edits, he's a cinematographer, he's an editor, all of that. I write and direct. So it was like the perfect marriage. And I, we've made four films and a number of short films. And he keeps saying, okay, so when is the time for the silent stones? When is the time for the silent stones? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I've had many friends and many people who have read the book who have said, oh my God, this would make such a great film. And so I finally, finally gave in. And we have it. We are supposed to be filming just another Friday 3 next year because people insist that there has to be a 3. So we're doing that one next year. And so The Silent Stones is slated for 23, 24. To go into right. production 23 for release in 24. For those people who have been unfortunate not to have a copy of the book and know the story, could you give us an executive summary of the storyline and some of the takeaways that you'd like to share in that offering? So The Silent Stones is one of what, I think nine books that I've written, but it's my favorite. It's the one that I call my masterpiece. Mm. It's, and it's because it's actually the only one that is 100% fiction. My, my mind just went to work. But I have a friend of mine who had inherited this house that has been around from just post-slavery. And he didn't know what to do with the house. And I just thought, hmm, imagine if this house, if the stones in this house that has seen so much happen over centuries started to talk. And so this story is about a young man called Dante, who his mother, he's, he's American, his mother doesn't want him. She's Jamaican. She doesn't want him to know anything about Jamaica. She's divorced the country, divorced her family. She wants to have nothing to do with them. And now he's 25, and he has decided that he wants to find out about his heritage. And he finds out that his great-grandmother, Grammy Maud, is dying. And he figures she's dying with all the stories of the family. And that's the only way he's going to find out. So he comes to Jamaica, first time in Jamaica, to meet her to get the stories. And he finds out so much more than he ever expected to find out because the house they live in was a house that an overseer would have lived in. Way too fancy for a black family. But this family is a mixed black family. And so there are a lot of stories that go back and it takes you between the, the, the throwback to what happened during slavery and post-slavery and how this family came to own this house. 
And as he learns more, he the stories start to come out of the house, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. What a rich, rich storyline. This is incredible. I can't wait to see the movie. But this must be a, a great undertaking. You said your husband is certainly a, a filmmaker and producer. How do you go about funded such an enterprise? And can That's people good, participate in the upfront? That's a good question. We actually do plan to, we're in very, very early stages of development now like really early stages. And I do plan to put a call out for funding for anybody who wants to participate. I do have quite a lot of people who have read the book, who love the book, who say, yes, I want to see it a movie. When you put the call out for funding, we will donate. Um, I, we, have, we have managed to make movies using partnerships in the past and just the doors that partnerships open. We're tried, tested and proven for award-winning films. So I think if we do some approaches, we will be able to get some funding. And we're just gonna, we're gonna make it. If However we have to make it, Spike Lee made his first movie by using his credit card. So I'm, I'm a woman of great faith. Let's just put it that way. Amen. I, I live by it. I walk by it. I eat by it. I breathe by faith. And if this film is something God wants out there, it's going to come out. Amen. I love that. So, you know, you've given us, you talk, you're giving us up to your 2023 horizons. Um, are the other, your inkwell is, has run dry, I know. Give us a little peek um, as to what we can expect from Judith and team, you know, in the out years. Well, okay. So right now, my biggest concentration on what got really sidetracked by COVID is my Antarctica exhibit. So I am the first female, first Jamaican female to visit Antarctica. And out of that, I did some brilliant photography. I have to call it brilliant because it got published um, <laughs> photography. And so I have an exhibit that's photographs. I have two books, a children's book and a coffee table book and a film that I did out of it. And so it's a moving exhibit. And so I'm actually turning my attention back to that, getting that back out on the road uh, to be able to just take it to different places uh, around the country, around the US. It did extremely well in Jamaica. It's supposed to go back. One of the other things that's really on the back burner because of COVID that needs to be moved back to the front burner next year is the Travel to Educate program which came out of the Antarctica exhibit. We did a student's day and about almost 400 children from all over the island came to see it and to learn. And it was such a big hit that with the library service and the National Library, we decided that each year we would do something similar. And so I need to take Antarctica back and take it around the island. And then I have um, two children's books that I'm working on. I actually enjoyed writing the children's books. I think I'm probably gonna dabble a little bit more in that area. Wonderful. Just for curiosity, Antarctica? Why not Ghana or some place like Antarctica? What, what gave you the curiosity to do something like that? I like different stuff. I like adventure and I like different stuff. And I used to be, so marketing is my discipline. That's what I studied in school. 
And I used to be the marketing director for this very small cruise line that did exotic destinations. And one of them was Antarctica. And I used to do all the writing, but it was all from research and from talking to the crew and stuff. And I was like, I really wanted to go. <laughs> and so I got the opportunity to go and I jumped at it. And um, I figured, you know what? You can go to all the other places at any time. Regular flights go there. You know, what is a once in a lifetime you're gonna get the opportunity to go on an expedition ship to Antarctica. You know, so and to, and to step on the continent, not just see it, but to step on the continent. On and, it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I can. I do want to go to Ghana, but Ghana isn't going anywhere, and <laughs> and airplanes fly to Ghana. Boy, Judith, you have a bold bucket list. And thank you for engaging with us and sharing, not just to your, your voice, but to your art and to your, you know, putting words in other people's to, to, to give voice to all of this good stuff. Finally, is there any final word of wisdom you have for our audience this evening? Final word of wisdom, one life. One life. Go out there. God made this amazing big, beautiful world. It's still a big, beautiful world with all the horrors that are going on. It is still a big, beautiful world and you only have one life. Um, my favorite saying is I'm not a tree. I can move. And I suggest that you, you know, check it out, check out the world and live, live, you know, don't, don't wait to live tomorrow, live today because we don't know what's happening tomorrow. Julie, thank you for such a wonderful, courageous, imaginative, expansive engagement. Thank you. And so to learn more about Jamaican Diaspora, visit JamaicanDiaspora.com. To learn more about Chris Daly, visit Digital Number 2 Grow. And to learn more about Judith Fallon, of course, the um, Barry Vision, that's BarryVision.com. Jules, we really enjoy spending time with you. See you next time. Bye now.